welcome to another episode of 40s with friends. I got my boys on. Roll call. Who's going first today? Who's with me? This is Eddie. Hey, Eddie. What's going on, brother? Glad to have you oh, on. Man, uh, just glad to do a third episode. Thank you, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, man. This is Alfonso, dude. We're just having a good time. I love the last two episodes. I uh, can't wait to get on uh, and get on talking about this third topic and and uh, got hear what you guys got to say because I really enjoyed the last two. Keep going this time. All right. Well, I uh, hope you guys out there listening enjoyed the first two episodes. Here we go. We got the third one in a row. Forties with friends. It's not Jujitelos coast to coast quite, uh, but it's it is us, but different topics. You know, maybe topics that we wouldn't necessarily be talking about in jujitsu. Just things that we've read, things that we've came across that we thought were super interesting and we wanted to talk a little bit more about. So I'm going to kick it off by talking about uh, a discovery that was made late last year, fourth quarter uh, in Siberia. I'm not sure if you guys heard of this, but a baby woolly rhino was found in the permafrost, you know, since global warming has been happening. Whether you believe it or not, the ice is melting. And so since it's been melting, they've been finding some interesting discoveries out there. They So they found this woolly mammoth, the baby woolly mammoth, this last year. Before that, they found uh, some type of ice age uh, bear. And then before that, I read that they found like a bunch of dogs and some horses. So they're finding more and more. Uh, but the big thing that that puts this baby woolly rhino apart from the other discoveries is that it's in pretty pristine condition. Have you guys been able to take a look at some of the pictures that have been coming out? Oh yeah, man. Like the skin's intact and, and uh, dude, it looks like somebody brought a piece of uh, frozen meat. It looks like the pack of frozen chicken angel brought on the camping trip and it hasn't (laughs) quite thought out yet. That's what it looks like. Right. I wonder if Angel left those uh, fossils there and Keone got mad at him Dude, for doing was, so. He was yeah, supposed was, to dig them up. It was his he ancestor. Him. Oh. <laughs> it was Angel's ancestor. <laughs> it was a Neanderthal version of, of, uh, of Angel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's probably still buried out there, but this baby woolly rhino, they found hair on it. They found uh, the tissue super preserved, so there's muscle. They've even mm. said that they are able, going to be able to find out like what this baby rhino's last meal was. Wow, yeah. man! Yeah, and so as of right now, they don't know. They know that the the rhino was about three, two to four years old when it died. They said kind of probably fell in the mud, and it just you know probably couldn't get out got stuck just got super tired almost like like a tar trap kind of deal you know like suffocated yeah eventually just eventually just suffocated and since it was in the mud it just got super preserved and over the years they got buried and no animals got to it no air was able to break the tissues down so it was just a really super lucky find and uh i want to say that there was a fisherman either walking around out there on his property and he's the guy who found it. Wait, wait, wait. A fisherman or a fisher of men? I don't know the latter, but for sure he was a fisherman. Okay. Alfonso likes to speak in biblical quotes because he doesn't (laughs) believe in fossils. He's being argumentative. (laughs) I'm just... 
I'm just trying to find out what we're talking about here, guys. Just hear me out, Fonzo. Just hear me out. <laughs> Alfonso said that God put those fossils there to test our faith. They're not real. It's, I'm not shaken by this. I don't know. Man. <laughs> Why are there no human fossils then? <laughs> or are there still monkeys? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So back to the woolly rhino. Um, yeah, it was just a, ra- a random guy found it on his property and uh, called somebody up and then they ended up, you know, finding out that it was this baby woolly rhino. So, uh, like they said, I said, they think that it was between two to four years old when it died. And they want to say that this thing is between like 20 to 50,000 years old ballparking. Holy shit. 20 yeah. to 50,000? Yeah, it's it's a super wide range. They're just kind of ballparking it because they know the around oh, the time. I was when thinking these... like hundreds of thousands at least. No, that, not that even. relatively dude, this... recent. Yeah, dude. I mean, think about it. Think about this, dude. The La Brea Tar Pits are down in LA. Have you guys ever been to that museum? No, never. Yeah, oh, dude. It's one of my all-time favorite museums. It's such one of my favorite museums, in fact, that I used to have a membership so I can go whenever I wanted and uh, I would just go all the time just for the for the hell of it. But they I mean, there's all kinds of dire wolves that they found in there. There's woolly mammoths. There's uh, crazy California lions. There's giant three toed sloths, just all kinds of stuff. And that's like maybe 10K, 15, 20,000 years ago, right yeah. there in downtown L.A., dude. It's like wow. the first time I went out, like I don't, I'm just blown away by geology and natural history, stuff like that. I was just thinking, you just walking the grounds at the La Brea Tar Pits because the big pit is still there. And they got like a, a statue of a baby woolly mammoth and a mama woolly mammoth kind of stuck in there and some like wolf standing off to the side, you know, just reenacting a little scene. But that's pretty much what it would like a typical scene, I would imagine, from back then, you know. And just walking those grounds, dude, those were the same grounds where all those animals were just walking around. And now there's like these giant high rise skyscrapers, super duper expensive doctors, fancy ass cars (laughs) driving all over the place. But dude, 10,000 years ago, there's freaking saber tooth tigers roaming them hills, you know? Yeah, the fucking alpha species. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Not that long ago, man. Not that long ago. Um, but scientists are waiting for one of the roads to thaw out because it's they're still snowed in over there. And so once that road thaws out, they're gonna haul this bad boy over to some lab and then uh do some more studies and then get an exact age on on how old this this rhino is. They're gonna use some type of carbon dating to figure out like exactly when this bad boy. Uh, was around so because it's carbon dating that would probably put that maybe one of the reasons why they're estimating it between 10 or 15 to fifty thousand years old because that's like i think that's the max for carbon dating i don't think it can go back any further than that so if it's Mm -hmm. on on live tissue i think so yeah on tissue yeah yeah not live tissue but preserved tissue yeah otherwise then they'd have to go into radioactive dating and i don't know if they're going to find anything like that on that little baby rhino but super cool to find out man fascinated um i can't wait to find out what they learn you know just just their diet alone and maybe find out what they were like on the day-to-day you know i'm sure they're pretty similar to 
uh, what we would see with our now current day rhino. You know, they said, in fact, that these rhinos, these woolly rhinos would grow to the size of today's white rhinos. So uh, they weren't any bigger than what we have now. They just were hairy. Okay. Yeah. So they um, evolved in a colder climate. Yes. Yeah. And they're saying, I also read that they believe that they stayed in the Eurasia area. So Europe and Asia, and they did not go across when some of the other animals migrated across the Bering Strait because uh, they think that there wasn't enough food across along the way. So they just stayed in that area and didn't go. So that's why we usually don't find these in North America. Mm. Oh, okay. Like, uh, um, yeah. Some animals right, cross the Bering Strait. My, in my uh, segment, I was going to focus more on um, Native American and Mexican um, revolutionaries. Um, but today, I, I'm going to talk about someone who is uh, Mexican, but of uh, West African descent. Um, and this is somebody who, who I greatly admire and I, I wanted to shine a spot, spotlight on. Um, so... Real quick, guys, if you had to guess as to where the first free black colony was established in the Americas, um, most people would guess the United States, Cuba, Haiti, or perhaps Brazil. But the first free black colony was actually in Mexico. And uh, today I want to talk about the person responsible. Uh, his name was Gaspar Yanga. Mm. Um, I, I think it's especially cool because uh, my mom's village in Jalisco was called San Gaspar. So I don't, I, I feel like a kinship to this person, like a, a strong connection. Um, okay. If, if history had the baddest motherfucker championship belt to hand, hand out, Gaspar Yanga would be the person receiving the belt. Um, <laughs> by uh, Mexican historians, he is known as the primer libertador de America, uh, the first liberator of America. Um, Gaspar Yanga led colonial Mexico's first, I said that right, Mexico's first successful slave uprising and would go on to establish uh, North America and South America's earliest free Black and Native American settlement. Um, uh, Yanga was of uh, Gabonese uh, royalty, um, but he was uh, captured in, in Gabon, which is in West Africa and uh, brought to Mexico, and um, he was for forced uh, to work the sugarcane plantations of Veracruz, Mexico. Mm. Uh, in 1570, he, along with a group of followers, escaped, fled to the mountains of Cordoba, and established a uh, Palenque, which is a Spanish for colony. Um, so uh, historians believe that... Um, Yanga was of, of uh, Gabonese uh, royalty, and um, the Gabonese uh, male royals were, were taught um, different guerrilla tactics, uh, warfare strategies, and, and uh, other things re relating to um, uh, military strategy. So they, they based the, the Spanish basically fucked with the wrong guy. Um, yeah. So, and this, this Palenque, for 40 years, they lived in peace. Um, Gaspar took on the role of spiritual and military leader. Uh, 
he structured the art agricultural community, um, allowing it to grow and uh, into other various palenques. So there just wasn't one free colony. Uh, there were various free colonies, and uh, Yanga kind of resided over all of these uh, free colonies. Um, during that time, Yanga and his band um, of soldiers, also known as Cimarrones, uh, were responsible for uh, looting trade goods along the Camino Riel, the Royal Road, which belonged to New Spain, uh, between Veracruz and Mexico City. Um, his troops were also held responsible for attacking nearby Spanish haciendas and uh, freeing slaves. Uh, the Spanish royals perceived him as dangerous to their system of slave slavery uh, because of their actions against royal commerce and uh, for taking out uh, people in charge. Uh, by taking out, I, I mean slaughtering uh, slave owners. Um, yeah. So this motherfucker was like a, like a real-life Django. <laughs> I, I think so, man. I think so. Damn. Man, they, that Quinn should have pick picked, picked something else, man. I, I would have watched <laughs> that movie. Like in Jimmy Fox speaking Spanish. That'd be cool. That'd be dope as fuck. Hell yeah. Take my money. So Spain got pissed off. And uh, they, they uh, declared war on, on uh, Gaspar Yanga and all of his palenques. Um, they, they wanted to send a message out to all the other uh, rebellious slaves. Like, this is what's going to happen to you if you fuck with us. Um, so what this led do? to this. Huh? What did they do? So Spain declared war on Yanga and his palenques. Um, the Spaniards put General uh, Pedro Gonzalez de Herrera in charge of uh, of uh, going into uh, Yanga's Palenques and uh, completely, the, the strategy was to completely wipe everybody out. Like women, children, men, it didn't matter. Just wow. uh, they wanted to burn the Palenques to the ground. Um, so uh, General uh, Herrera with uh, 600 Spanish troops set out for Puebla in January of 1609, um, Yanga's uh, male and female troops were a force of 100 fighters. So we're, and uh, I, they had some type of firearm. They, they weren't the most, uh, as far as firearms, it, it was. Uh, like muskets and shit type of thing? Like uh, arms technology. And they were taking on the Spanish Empire. Uh, so they were just fighters had, had some kind of firearm or rifle and the other 400 were armed with stones machetes and bows and arrows damn uh, so these troops were were led by by a uh, west african and angolan uh general uh by the name of francisco matosa um yanga was old by this time so he he was the basically uh reciting over the war he was like a general Mm. And um, he had superior knowledge of the terrain that the Spaniards wanted to invade. Um, and uh, the goal was for the goal for the Spaniards were uh, to cause enough harm for uh, 
Yang got to surrender and come to the negotiating table. Um, so they they fought and uh, Yanga agreed. He he sent his own terms of peace uh, via the Spaniards that he captured. Um, he asked for a treaty like those of, of uh, the um, Chichimecas, uh, which they he just wanted his palenques to be self-ruled and they would pay a tribute to the Spanish kingdom um, every year or so. And uh, they just wanted to be left alone. Uh, the Spaniards refused the terms and went into battle. Uh, both sides um, had heavy losses. Um, the Spaniards uh, burned several st settlements to the ground, but um, Yanga's troops fled into the surrounding terrain which they knew way better than the Spaniards and uh, slaughtered far more Spaniards and the Spaniards uh, slaughtered uh, Yanga's troops. Um, Spain surrendered and uh, the Spanish agreed to all of Yanga's terms. Um, and uh, so Yanga uh, had his own colony, uh, his own settlement wow. for Black and Native Americans. Um, in 1618, um, there was a treaty that was signed. Um, by 1630, uh, the town of San Lorenzo de los Negros was established, uh, located in today's Veracruz province. And the province was open to all runaway slaves, and um, they were left alone. Um, you know, it's crazy to me. It, what's it, that? It, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just. It's okay. It's 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 a. Uh... It's cool. It's a cool ass story, man. And that's awesome that they have this place, you know, where it became like kind of like just like a sanctuary for a lot of people. Right. Uh -huh. The Mexicans are so goddamn racist. They still named it San Lorenzo de los Negros. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah, I, I that's an acceptable term. And it, that, it's still referred to as San Lorenzo de los Negros. I'm just saying, so, man. No, you're right. You're right. Um. So. Uh, Finally, Mexico has honored this man. Um, in 1871, uh, this is five decades after the Mexican independence, Yanga was designated as a national hero of Mexico and given the title of El Primer Liberator de las Americas. Damn. This was based largely on the account by historian Vicente Palacio. Um, Riva Palacio was a novelist, short story writer, military general, and, and mayor of Mexico City. Um, in the late 1860s, he, he found uh, an Inquisition archives, accounts of Yanga and the 1609 Spanish expedition against him, as well as other later agreements. Uh, he published an account of Yanga's anthology in 1870 and as a separate pamphlet in 1873. Uh, much of the subsequent writing about Yanga has was influenced by the work of uh, Riva Palacio. He has characterized the troops of San Lorenzo de los Negros as proud men and women who would not be defeated. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that's uh, Gaspar that's, Yanga, guys. Thanks, uh, man. Cool. Thanks for sharing, dude. Oh, of thanks. course, of course. Um, mm. San Lorenzo would, de los Negros is, is, is in present day what? Like it's in Veracruz? Correct. Okay, cool. Correct. Um, there's a uh, black colony in uh, Guerrero 
and in Oaxaca of uh, Afro-Mexicans okay. who are just uh, um, direct descendants of the of the freed slaves who lived in the Palenques. So um, yeah, the descendants of Yanga are, are still alive and thriving. Dang. So that's that pretty awesome. That's yeah. cool. Damn. Yeah. I, I, yeah, they definitely need to put that into a, a movie, man. A movie for sure. Yeah. Damn, that's that's a good ass story. That's a good ass story. Yeah, they just happened to kidnap a, a royal who, who was well versed in man. war tactics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So uh, for my story today, I um, I mean, I know it's been dominating a lot of social media out there. A lot of the freaking you know mainstream news is also um, is also talking about it. When I first decided to talk about this, it hadn't gotten so big yet. Um, but as I started, you know, kind of looking more into it, like more and more started developing. So I'm like, so I don't know. People might be like kind of like done with that story already. However. I still think it's worth talking about just because how batshit crazy it actually is. Um, and what I'm talking about is um, the whole GameStop um, stock, you know, trading yeah. thing that went on. That shit was nuts, right? Like I woke up one morning this week and I just saw a freaking, uh, a freaking meme, like somebody shared a meme. And I just thought it was like super batshit crazy, right? So the meme just said, Oh, you're laughing at the hedge fund that got junked by Reddit? Well, they're bankrupt now. Are you laughing now? It's funny that a bunch of MBAs are out of a job. Can you laugh knowing that they're can you laugh knowing they're explaining to their investors why they were outmaneuvered by potato in my ass? <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, I woke up to that meme and I'm like, what the fuck? What is potato in my ass? So <laughs> who is potato in my ass? Exactly. I figured out quickly that it was a who. So <laughs> uh so the whole thing, dude, I, I don't know how much you guys know about it already, but I've been on this binge, dude. I've been watching all kinds of shit, reading all kinds of shit. Basically, what happened is there's this um this is like subreddit called um Wall Street Bets, right? And I checked out their subreddit and all it is, is just a bunch of dudes. Like there's like millions of followers, like there's millions of people on here. And um, so all they do is just like share memes and stories about like the stock market, right? A lot of it is just funny ass shit. Um, some of those people are like real serious. They'll just say, oh, I made this trade, you know, oh, you guys, you know, you guys, you guys check out this company, blah, blah, blah. Just sharing information, you know, people would on chat rooms do, right? So I guess what ended up happening is a group of people like started like like noticing how hedge funds were um, were betting against like GameStop and AMC and companies like that. Right. They were shorting the market. And when I first started like reading about this, I had no clue what shorting the market means or shorting that stock means. But it, essentially, it just means that you're looking at a, at a company that is not doing so well. And when you bet against it, meaning that you're betting that the, their stock is going to go down further, you're actually kind of causing that to happen even faster. So essentially you're wanting this company to go bankrupt. So right? how do they bet against it? Like they just like call like mybookie.net and be like, I want to bet against GameStop. Yeah. Kind or of, do dude. they, yeah. So, or they, so, they're not like investing in a, in like, an anti-GameStop type 
company? No. Nah, so, so the way shorting stocks work is, is like this. So when you short a stock, it's like the way that I was, I was looking at these and the way people explain it is that like, um, so the, the hedge funds will borrow stock, right? They borrow stock from a, some, somebody that owns it, right? And then they go and sell that stock at a certain price, right? So let's just pretend that right now um, you like, I can borrow your stock. Let's just say you let me borrow it like at a dollar a share, right? All right. Okay. So I go and I take that stock and I sell it at a dollar a share and then wait for it to drop again, to drop to 15, 50 cents a share. So now I go and buy it all back and I sell it back to you or I give it back to you for your dollar. So essentially I made 50 cents in the process, right? Minus like a percentage that I give you for letting me borrow it. Does that make sense? So in that process of, of borrowing it and selling it, and then, you know, you know what I'm saying? In that whole process. So if you I, think I, of stocks as money, like you're lending me a dollar and then you're selling my dollar. Well, it's actually easier. 50. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. So it's easier to kind of think about it. Like the way it was explained in one of the videos that I watched is like, think about an, like a stock being an apple. Right. So okay. somebody's selling apples, like let's just say I go and buy one apple from you and you and I buy it for you for a dollar. So here's a dollar. You give me an apple. OK, I take that apple and I sell it to somebody else um, for for a dollar. So right now I haven't made any money. Right. However, I got your dollar. I got somebody else's dollar. Right. I have it in my hand. Now, I'm betting that that stock is going to drop in price. And let's say it does. It goes to 50 cents. Right. So that apple is now only worth 50 cents. So then I you go, go buy it with that, buy dollar, it with that dollar and then I get 50 cents. Right. So and I then stop. you get double the stock. Right. For half the price. Yeah. All right. And then and I then... go back and they give it to you, give you back your, your apple. And then I'll get and then I still get to keep my, my profit. But I get to pay you back like for you letting me borrow the, the, the apple because you just let me borrow it. You're not selling it to me. I have to give you like a small percentage. So you make a little bit of money. But I make okay. the most because I wait for that stock to drop. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. that's what they're doing. That's what shorting the market is. So they're waiting for that market to drop and you're, you're betting that it is going to drop. So that way, when it's time for me to pay you back your Apple or to give you back your shares, then I make my money there. So in the time that these, these um, hedge fund guys were waiting for the stock to drop, is that when the Reddit guys jumped in? That's right. So what happens okay. is they're, they're like, oh, man, these fucking hedge funds are shorting, shorting these stocks. So what the problem is, if, if, if you bet, right, that they're going to they're going to go down, but they go up. The problem here is that if they're going up, then you, you have to like you can't sell it like you because if, if you sell, it, you're going to lose a shitload of money. Right. Like if the value of apples is now 10 bucks and you bought it at a dollar you're going to have to pay a lot of money to get that apple back and give it back to the guy you let him, uh, you borrowed from. So gotcha. mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So that's the, that's what they did. That's what these Reddit guys did. They're like noticing like, Oh shit. Like these guys are betting all this money, but here's the thing. They have to buy that apple back because they owe it to that person. That's <laughs> why, that's why these Reddit guys made so much money because they knew that they were going to have to buy all those shares back. Oh, anyways. yeah. So, all right, all right. yeah, so then so that's like, why those guys were like, hey, make them stop. Exactly. And then Robin Hood was like, all right. Yeah. So here's the thing. Stop. And I was reading into that. Like, why did Robin Hood do that? Right. Like, why do they why do they freeze um, the, the buying of, of those stocks? 
I read something about that. Tell me what you're going to say right now. So there's two, there's two things going on. One of them, um, like the CEO of Robinhood came out and he did this public statement where he says, well, you know, we didn't do it to protect these hedge funds or because, you know, these uh, Wall Street players told us to. It was because we have to cover our obligations. It's now we have financial obligations and we can't over leverage or we can't like <laughs> basically what they're saying is like, look, we don't have enough liquid money to cover all these, all these. All these <laughs> um, and it, it partially it's true, because if you look at how much money they have to hold in reserve uh, to cover uh, to cover those purchases, it, it's it's kind of true. So it's it wasn't completely false what he did. But the problem is that the way that that hedge funds, the, uh, the the sellers of the market and the people supervising all like the trades that are going on, dude, that shit is shady as fuck. It's like it's like they're all working together. They are they they purposely it's billionaires manipulating the market so they can't lose. Right. So it, it's 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 fucked up, dude. And then here's the thing. After I saw this, like people started naming that movie The Big Short. Have you guys seen it? I'm going to now. Dude, it is fucking nuts. I watched it. Dude, this this whole thing is it, like the whole movie, the big short is about the the, the housing clock the collapse, right? Um, and they explain what happened. They explain exactly what happened that the market ended up like tanking and, and freaking mortgages and shit. And you're like, mortgages aren't supposed to do that. You're not supposed to have a housing collapse. Like it just it's it's it was unheard of. Right. Um, and it wasn't really the hedge funds fault at that point. They profited from them. But that's because they saw how bullshit the uh, the loans that, that banks were writing were. So they're just waiting for it to to pop. Yeah. So they saw it happening. They're like, dude, these fucking loans are bullshit. These loans are like just they're terrible. Like, dude, like you had people like it's a movie. I know it's a movie. It's not a documentary. But they show like, and I'm sure this happened to some extent, but they had like this, this, like these um, people having like buying, like they had like, like 10 properties in Florida and like, they just have 10 mortgages out and they have like, like, well, the woman that like that owned there was, she was a stripper. She didn't have like a lot of like property herself. She just was like cash. She had a lot of cash. So she was approved for 10 mortgages. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, so anyways, like, I mean, like I said, it's a movie, it's not a documentary, but a lot of the stuff they claim is factual. Now I haven't double checked. So I, you know, if anything is not, I'm not going to claim that it is, but the point is that it does sort of, it does, um, does do a pretty good job of explaining what happened in the market back then. Um, and these hedge funds took all the advantage of it. You know, they, they ended up making like ungodly amounts of money, um, during that time. And now, they're pissed off just because regular people are doing that. Yeah. You know, Fuck my, them. yeah, my, well, my, I mean, I, I think what this proves is that wall street was set, set up for billionaires and multimillionaires Look, for that, them that was, to thrive and succeed, not that for was us true. to thrive and succeed. You're right. You're right. And that was true in, until now, because but, here's but the thing. When because, we did well, they, they changed the rules. Okay. But that's, that's, yeah, you're right. But that's the power of the internet. Like okay. this is this is the power of the internet. Like when you have people and you have some smart ass motherfuckers, right? On these on on these chat rooms, right? Like you the the amount of influence that you can you can you can um you can exert on 
millions of people is incredible. And this is exactly what happens, right? And we've known that, man. Like you just told the story about this dude who was able to organize a bunch of people to create like a whole free society of slaves. You know what I'm saying? They didn't even have Twitter back then. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when people are able to focus, like you can see great things happening. So like, this is the time, man. Right now, like the internet is is at a, at a stage where a lot of shit can happen. Not in China. Um, you, you know what uh, Julian Assange said? What did he say? Um, he said he that uh, the elites aren't as powerful as we perceive them to be. No, they're like, not. Yeah. And yeah. The, your story proves that. Yeah, dude. And, and, and that's that's what I've been thinking about, like, ever since I started, like, looking more into the story. It's just like, yeah, like, it, we idolize these people a lot. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, a lot of the people, especially like if you see like stuff on Instagram, they just <laughs> want like a slice of that life. You know what I'm saying? And then they 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 make these people to be out like almost like gods. You know what I'm saying? And, and they're not. They're just they don't have as much power. And this. Yeah, you, you're definitely right. This proves it. And I and I'm willing to bet that you're going to see a lot more of this shit happening until the markets are finally regulated. And. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. So, I feel like know, this can lead to some good regulation on the other end. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to regulate the poor, obviously, but this is going to also backfire and create some regulation for those those firms that keep on abusing their power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel bad for them at all. No. <laughs> for the hedge fund managers. I don't, I don't either. Uh, it, it's a uh, the name of the game for them is who can I fuck over and how can I avoid being fucked over? And, um, you know, people like us, the middle class, the lower middle class, uh, the poverty stricken are the most fucked over group of people. And, uh, we stuck it to them and now they're crying, you know, for doing the exact same thing to us. Do it again. Yeah. Let's do it again. (laughs) <laughs> let us know what it is though first yeah i'm just no i'm, I'm th- this makes me happy that story yeah makes me so happy dude I, that stock was like on that action that stock was like three dollars and fifty cents or something like that when it yeah, first it was, came out and then like on thursday i saw it was like 450 a yeah. share i was like fudge yeah that's crazy I read that one guy who got in on it right when it started, he uh, made enough money to pay off some medical bills. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, I saw a bunch of stuff, man. People like posting that they paid off the student loans. Yeah. Some dude bought a house, like almost straight cash. Like, it was crazy. Like, crazy amounts of money. Like, just, you know. That's sick. Yeah, for a minimal amount of cash. Like, so there's people who invested like two grand, Uh 10 grand, you know, and they're just like, fuck, man. All of a sudden, they're like, hundreds of thousand dollars richer even millions yeah so that that's crazy man yeah. <laughs> oh man that's heartwarming yeah i don't know what i would do i think i i'd almost have a heart attack if that if i if that happened it's like what the fuck i got what five hundred thousand dollars one afternoon <laughs> I, what would you do like what would you do with that if you just like what there's five hundred five hundred thousand dollars in my bank account right now um I would pay off my house. 
Yeah. Yeah. I pay my house off for sure. Uh, and then buy, a, buy a purple Lambo. What What would your 22 year old self do? Oh my gosh. Buy a castle. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, let, yeah, God, I have so many poor people in my life. <laughs> how many, how, how many IROC Z's would you buy with that? <laughs> IROC Z's. Uh, a yellow one and a green one no, that, and a black be, one. That'd be 17 year old Eddie. <laughs> I would, 22 I don't year know, old was 5.0. I, I 22 year old Eddie would hopefully say, I don't trust myself. <laughs> I, I'm going to get somebody to manage my shit for me because. I would bet it all on on black. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh, God, yo, I don't know, man. Uh, oh, 20, God. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I that that that's mon- that I can't. That's like an, a language I can't understand. Dude, 22 year old Eddie would take a trip to Japan to watch Pride in his heyday. We didn't even know about Pride when we were twenty two. Oh, I would fight in Pride and Brian <laughs> to, to beat Vanderlei. Like, dude. Wait, you go to Brazil and buy, fight Baletudo? No, I'd go to Japan and I'd say, hey, Vanderlei, here's 300,000. Let me get a double leg, take the back, and mata Leon. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> You probably would have done it for 300,000, too. You probably would have done it for 30,000. <laughs> yeah, see, see, and there pit, you go. And I'm a red nose pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah what would you guys do with half a million pay half of my student loans <laughs> Ooh, uh, fucking, who'd you go to for student loans man i've been in school for 22 years man that's, that's what happens when you that's what happens when you don't get your ged quick enough <laughs> damn they did you wrong uh our 22 percent interest sounds fair let yeah. me sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. And I'm only halfway through my bachelor's, too. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. What, what would I do? 500,000. Dude, I'd honestly, maybe like um, at this point in time, I'd, I'd just dedicate to doing this kind of stuff with you guys. That'd be dope, man. Yeah. I, I Like today, I, I would definitely pay my house off and maybe buy some property in, in Guadalajara and uh, maybe put some in the bank? Uh, I would buy a warehouse in Chula Vista <laughs> and live in it? go to TJ and see about making a tunnel <laughs> and quadruple my money every day for the next 10 years. So you'd become a drug Exponent- Hey, I just own the property, man. I don't know what's going on on the daily. I hired I hired Tom Tom Jones to do that. Tom, what the hell's going on over here, man? <laughs> just a dairy farm, Mr. Garcia. Okay, carry on, Tom. <laughs> carry on. Trying to live in Calabasas over here. <laughs> oh, man. No, awesome story, Alfonso. Yeah, thanks yeah, yeah. For, for breaking it down, man. Yeah, that was cool, man. Good story. I was waiting for yeah, you to break cool. it down to my level so that I could understand how they made that money and how they but, made but, 
by the way, if anybody out there knows more about this shit than I do, and I uh, completely fucked up the way that shit works, uh, keep that shit to yourself. Whoa, take it easy, Alfonso. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> tell me, tell me how it really works. I really want to know. The devil came out of you right now. <laughs> you need Carlos, fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank, you got another one for question for you. What was what's that? Is your home ghost and demon free? <laughs> I don't know. I, I it's it's hard to tell. Can can we bring okay. can we bring somebody to tell me? Yeah, I know okay. a guy. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Frank, you got another one for us. All right, all right. I got a la- I got one more story for you guys. And this was a story that was told to me by a buddy a while back and i looked it up to make sure it was true and god dang it sure enough it is fucking true this is a story can be found in the tulare county public library under the 1850 woodsville massacre because that's what the name of this shit is called yeah check this shit out buckle up buckle up all right you guys ready for this so this yep. is during like the, the gold rush era when everyone's coming out to California, panning for gold, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but there's also Native Americans living out here because why? Because they fucking been here forever. And so these people are coming over here and the natives are like, hey, this is where our cattle graze. This is where we live. What are you guys doing? And so obviously there's altercations and sometimes the Native Americans would get killed. Sometimes the, you know, the Westerners that were coming over here would get killed. And so uh, eventually there were so many Americans that were getting killed that the government was like, hey, we got to do something about this. So they created some type of treaty where they gave the Native Americans in the area. And I believe they were, they were the Yokuts that were prominent in the Central Valley region during that time. Yeah. They gave the Yokuts a bunch of, like, basically they gave them a reservation. They're like, hey, this is your area, and you guys can do whatever you want, and just don't kill our people no more. So they're like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll go. And they did it. They were cool. Well, time goes on, and eventually someone stumbles onto their reservation, and guess what they find on their res? Oil. Gold. Uh, close. Gold. Oh, fuck. So people's like, oh fuck it, let's go, let's start going. Well, guess what the government does? The government, they the government rescinds their fucking act, their fucking offer, but they didn't tell the Yokuts. So they tell all the Americans, hey, yeah, you know what? Don't even worry about the Indians. We took care of that treaty. Go <laughs> do your thing. So all these people start going onto the Indian reservation area, and the Indians are like, hey, what the fuck? So they start fucking, they go at it, right? Well, this fucking 1850 Woodsville Massacre is one story in this whole era of of fights that was going on. And so there was a man that was named John Wood. And John Wood came to... This pretty much happened like in Visalia, dude. Visalia, Tulare area. Yeah, off of the Coia... The Coia... The Co- Lake Coia, I want to say it was called back then. Um, so this guy had like 17, 18 dudes with him out and they were panning for gold and they had been out there for a little while and they built a cabin kind of like for, you know, to like hide their, to put their supplies and shit like that. And, um, one day a bunch of Indians 
rode in where they were into their little area that were led by a Mexican guy named Francisco. And they say that this guy was like, he wasn't a, he wasn't native, but he was like a Mexican that worked with somehow and had connections with the Indians. And he was like their middleman. So he was speaking on behalf of the Yokuts and he came up to John Wood's posse and said, Hey, we're going to give you guys 10 days. And at noon on the 10th day, if you're not the fuck out of here, we're going to kill you. So they took off and they're like, all right, later. And 10 days later on the fucking dot, guess who shows up? Tell me. The Yokuts. And mm. they just start fucking taking fools out, man. Well, one guy starts running to the cabin and that was John Wood. Another guy, another guy starts running to the cabin, but he doesn't make it and he gets killed. They shoot him with arrows. Four found his body on the side, four arrows in the back. Uh, two, uh, two other guys jump in the river and they float downstream and then they get away. Um, prior to this, about 10 of them took off before. So, like, as it started getting closer. 10 of the 15 to 17 people that were living in that camp were like, hey, you know what? We're fucking out of here. So they took off. So there was like five to seven stragglers that stayed behind, including John Wood. So one guy got shot outside. Two guys got fucking, you know, floated down the river. John Wood's hiding in the cabin. And then those other guys, they, they killed, right? Totally the ones that were left behind. So John Wood makes his way to the cabin and locks barricades himself in. And there's two holes that he can look out of and the Indians can look into. Well, inside this fucking cabin is where they were putting all their gold, all their food, all their guns, all their ammo. So there were 17 people there. So they may not have all had rifles, but at least half of them had a rifle. So they were all in that cabin plus ammunition. So John Wood was able to, you know, fend himself, keep himself at, keep the Indians away for a while. And every time they got close, he was able to, you know, uh, take them out. But eventually, dude, uh, the word got out and more and more and more Indians came out. So eventually uh, the story goes that there was about somewhere between 800 to 1,000 Indians waiting for his ass outside. Uh. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I don't give a fuck how many guns and bullets you had. You know, eventually you're gonna run out. Reddit does it again, man. That's how he got the word out. <laughs> Maybe, dude. Well, check this out. Eventually, they get his ass out. They drag his ass out and they hold him down. And do you know what they fucking did? They put a potato in his ass. <laughs> I'm sure he wished they would have rather have done that because they ended up fucking skinning him alive. Ooh. Oh, no way. Dude, they started at his fingers and they go, they just went all the way down. And so they said that one thing that the Indians would do back then is that they would skin people alive, but they would do it in strips. Oh, yeah. Ah. Dude, crazy. Dude, oh. how about when they fucking, when they started skinning this fool, they are like, no, we're going to do it in one piece. Whoa. Oh, shit. So they held this fool down. They skinned him. When they got all the skin off, they fucking nailed it to a tree. 
Oh. And then they just let him go. They're like, so all right. And they all took off. Fell swoop. His skin came off. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Oh man, that's so they say that he they let him go. He stood up, he walked like four or five steps and fucking ate ate dirt and just died on the spot. Wait, did they do the the five point palm exploding heart technique on him too? Is that what they did? They didn't even he would have preferred that. Yeah. The potato and I'm just saying maybe maybe they did it all. That was a finishing move. Dude, that was gnarly, though. Oh, so, yeah, so they hung that skin on that tree, and then they took off, right? And then the next day, uh, a cavalry of, of army soldiers showed up, and they found his body, and they found where they they skinned him. They found where, you know, he took a few steps, he dropped, and then they found uh, his skin hanging on the fucking tree over there. So, uh, yeah, man, that was pretty brutal. That was just... One battle that entailed, you know, the fight for what was going on here in the Central Valley during the Gold Rush era, man. I mean, this is right here in our backyard, dude. So yeah. the the court, the the cabin where he where John Wood was dragged out of, uh, I I want to say like there's still something built there right now. So uh, I I can't remember what it is, but. You could go to this spot today. Well, what do you buy the cabin? And before I buy it, can I get connected to that weird realtor that tells me if it's possessed by ghosts? And- <laughs> of course. I think I think that that's definitely got to have some some ghosts and demons in there. That I was gonna- sure is going to have a fucking ghost up in that bitch, man. I was going to say, man, John Wood definitely had skin in the game. <laughs> 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 Good night, everyone. oh my gosh dude isn't that a terrible terrible story well no it's kind of like a story of revenge and for sure ultimate revenge of karma like yeah john wood had it coming dude they they gave him 10 days i'm sorry yeah 10 days he got caught (laughs) what'd you think was gonna happen maybe that fool didn't know how to count Wait, are we in the ninth or the tenth day? He was like, I'll tell you what, they're just gonna stick a potato up my ass. <laughs> and then nope. I do that shit every day. <laughs> that shit ain't nothing. I better start practicing with two potatoes, man. Dude, he already had two potatoes. That's why it was nothing. He was known as Yam Booty. Other <laughs> <laughs> <Another> whites. <laughs> I like booty. Yams. <laughs> oh, right, that's all I got. That's it. Well, that's not. That's a good one, man. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one to end on, right? Yeah, that's great. So maybe Dan's putting a potato in his butt for next next week, he's so he can say that he's potato in the ass. Oh, <laughs> he wants to make that claim. Dude, how do we know he's not that dude from Reddit? He could be. I'm just saying. Potato just saying. in my ass? <laughs> I figured you out. I saw him at Save Mart. You know, he you bought are. a bag of uh, gold russet potatoes. God, dang it, I just got this. Someone, who bought all the damn potatoes at Save Mart? I'm going to all the Save Marts. There's no potatoes. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, 
Good shit, fellas. Yeah, Good hell shit. yeah. All right, that's a wrap for 40s with friends. What you guys, any closing words before we hit out, Eddie? Uh, thank you, everyone who's listening. Um, we greatly appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you for the platform, Frank and Alfonso. Uh, I'll, uh, next week, come back next week. Um, I'll be talking about Emiliano Zapata, the Ooh. motherfucking OG. Hell that's yeah. That's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to say thanks, everybody. Uh, another week of uh, allowing us to do this and, you know, get you guys here for a few minutes. Uh, really enjoyed talking about this shit with everybody and hope you guys enjoy listening about it. I'm about to kill this 40 real quick. Uh, so I'll catch you guys next week. All right. All right. Well, uh, if you got any interesting stories or videos or anything you guys think we should know about or want to share, let us know on our website. You can check it out at uh, jujiterocc.com. While you're there, you can register to, or I'm sorry, you can subscribe to the podcast. Check out all our YouTube videos. Check out me and Eddie doing a little open mic. Check out the cartoons, uh, as well as all of our Jujitero C2C episodes and 40s with friends. So uh, until next time, thank you for listening. Be careful. Be safe, everybody. Thank you. Night. Woo!